You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on The Happy Hour on a Tuesday. Husker Hoops hosts Illinois tonight, 8 p.m. tip-off. It's a little bit later. I mean, it's obviously later than the 6 p.m. tip-off that they had against Iowa. It was a, it was a sellout crowd against Iowa, but there might be a little more incentive for Husker fans to make their way out to PBA because Trev Alberts released that open letter yesterday saying that they're working on making the concession stands a little more fan-friendly. They're trying. They'll They're open trying. up some more concession stands. They'll have more stuff. They'll sell less alcohol at concession. Well, sell alcohol at less Fewer concession concessions, stands. Yes. Um, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's but ho- be careful. If you get the camera pointed at you, don't chug your beer. They'll take you off. The, yeah, yeah. They'll take you off the camera. There's no chug cam at PBA. They'll let's take you out of the building. Let's go ahead and bring our, our good friend in, uh, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, what's up, man? How's it going? No chug cam at PBA, huh? Well, I want a chug cam. It would be glorious. <laughs> I guess I understand the reason why they're doing it, but come on, that's that's kind of lame, right? I, I mean, I'm against or not against. I'm for a chug cam. We we the reason we're so pro chug cam, I guess, on this show. We were sitting courtside for the Queens game, and our former one, co-host, our former co-host Nathan Brennan. Picked up his beer because he was on the on the camera on the jumbotron. Started chugging it. But then, unfortunately, they quickly took him off the camera. He didn't realize it, finished his beer, looked up. Nobody was clapping because he wasn't on the camera. As soon as the beer touched his lips, <laughs> they took him off. Yeah, it was quick. That's some tough luck for, for Nathan, but um, I'm sure you guys uh, enjoyed it and were uh, um, enjoying the, the scene there against Queens. Hey, hey, yeah, we were, we, were, uh, we were creating quite a social media stir about it as well. Nick so. and Casey are best friends now. Yeah, we we are we are. He drilled a three for me. Either way, okay, Steve, sixty-five to seven last night. Before we get into Husker hoops, did you see this coming at all? Um, no, I I, uh, I thought TCU was going to put up more of a fight. Um, I, I thought um, just from watching them throughout the entire season, the heart that they played with, um, the the no quit mm-hmm. um, attitude that they had. I just thought that you know I, I understand the star power that Georgia had um, everywhere on its roster and will continue to have everywhere on its roster. I, I know what it looked like against uh, the underdog TCU, but I did not see 65-7 to 7 at all. Um, I, I, uh, um, I, I guess it kind of opened my eyes to maybe the, the kind of, um, I guess, uh, whiff that's between uh, Georgia, like teams like Georgia and um, teams like uh, TCU. Now, Steve, with Sonny Dyke's uh, success in year one, does that put pressure on other year one coaches? Not saying necessarily Matt Rule, but does that put pressure on other year one coaches? Uh, even though, although TCU was five and seven last year, he did get the get handed the reins to a, a pretty solid program that Gary Patterson was leaving for him. Yeah, I uh, I I might see that, but I'll 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 go with no. I, I don't think so. I think a lot of uh, different programs are have different situations going on, and um, you know, different different conferences. Uh, you know, is one conference more difficult to play in than another conference? I don't think it puts pressure on a guy like Matt Rule. I I, uh, um, I respect what Sonny Dykes did. I think it was really cool. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people maybe saw it coming. Uh, when when you know you're watching him at Cal a couple a couple of jobs ago with him um, before he went to SMU, but uh, no, I, I don't think it puts 
puts a lot of pressure on uh, first-year coaches just because I think, you know, every job is different and everybody has to kind of like um, hurdle different um, adversities, uh, you know, and each each place is unique. So, um, I, you know, I, I really like what TCU did. I really like Sonny, Sonny as a coach. Um, but, no, I, I think, um, you know, Nebraska Matt Rule should maybe take it take it at their own speed and not try to you know obviously try to try to do what TCU did yes but um, if it doesn't end up happening on the first the first season you know it, that's all right too. We're, we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here the rival site for the Huskers and Steve moving to Husker hoops um, I want to I want to kind of briefly talk about that Minnesota game on Saturday because that felt like a game they they were tra- Nebraska was trailing at halftime and. They come out in the second half. They shoot pretty well from the field as well, and they they really turned up the defensive intensity. Um, then you hit, get hit with little adversity. They they drill a three with a couple seconds left, and that felt like a game when it was in overtime. As a Husker fan, you had this. Oh no, Nebraska! Any Nebraska sport in overtime hasn't been faring well over the last couple years, and now you're also on the road to put that on top of everything. But this was felt like a game that. In years past, Nebraska wouldn't have been able to win. But here they are. They they squeaked one out. They hit their free throws in the overtime period, and they ended up getting a, a road win on, uh, last Saturday against Minnesota. I mean, where, where's kind of your thought process on that um, and feeling like this wasn't a game that they could have won? You know, we haven't seen Nebraska teams squeak out in years past. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you, Nick. Uh, in in years past, I think Nebraska would have folded in that in that extra period. But um, this time around, I, I think that Fred Hoiberg has built more of a team um, basketball basketball team. Just you know, everything's not really concentrated on one player like it has in the past. Um, all five guys um, are, are usually are usually doing really good things together and and working together. And I think the teamwork aspect of this year's squad is a lot a lot better than than in years past with Weber coach teams here at Nebraska. So um I, I think the roster construction that, that Fred kinda came into the season with, uh guys like Juwan Gary, Emmanuel Vandemel, uh Sam Greasel of course, just older veteran dudes who have been around before and have won some games in college basketball before, um just getting together. I just don't think that these guys really fold or quit. Um, I know there have, been, there have been some bad losses this season, but there have also, um, in, in a lot of those losses, you know, there have been glimmers of hope in, in the second half where they didn't totally, completely um, die off or, or shut down in the second half. Um, even even if they would lose some of these games, there'd be, you know, midway through the second second half, you'd look up and like, oh, they're only down by nine now. or They, they cut it to second uh, uh, single digits. I, and it just wasn't like that before, uh, so I I just think that this this team this this uh, um, team teamwork led crew that that uh, Fred has kind of constructed uh, this season is is doing wonders right now, and I think a lot of people are noticing. I think fans are fans are enjoying it and noticing it, and you know for them to go into Minneapolis, and again the Gophers aren't really a great basketball team, but neither is. Nebraska. So getting out, getting out of Minneapolis with a win in overtime um, after um, the Gophers tied it in in the manner that they did, kind of a deflating moment there. But for them to kind of stand up and not quit and and um, you know get out of there with the win, I think that kind of speaks volumes to this team's mindset and how how they're really not going to quit, even though 
Um, they might be down by a lot. They're, they're not ever going to give up, and I think that's a, a really good thing uh, for a Fred Hornberg coach team. Steve, it's interesting. You talk about like the construction of this of this roster, and I don't know about you, but it feels like year one of a of a college coach's tenure this season. Although we're somewhat early, I, I kind of feel like it feels like we're in year one, and we're excited for the future. Yeah. Um, so an interesting thing was kind of kind of happened on on Monday in, in Fred Hoiberg's press conference, and I think it kind of speaks to what you said, Nick. Um, it, this is the first Nebraska basketball team under Fred Hoiberg where it, it, it kind of is like a volleyball team. You know, they're not really relying on mm-hmm. outscoring people. They're not really like trying to play fast. They're just kind of trying to play what their what their the best way that their roster is is managed, and and that is you know slowing things down, getting in the half court, um, doing the little things that, you know, uh, Nebraska maybe hasn't done in the past, like dive on the floor, scrape up, scrape up the elbows, try to focus on rebound, out re- winning the rebound battle. Um, you know, just do the, do the things that aren't really glamorous on a basketball court and kind of grind out wins. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like, you know, kind of like a, a first year, first year team for a head coach, because, you know, when you think of Fred Horberg, you think of you know offense and scoring and up and down basketball. Um, but but this but this team it's it's not. It's kind of like his first team, like you mentioned, where it's it, he could be called kind of like a bully a bully ball um, coach right now, where he's focusing on defense and and doing the little thing little things that maybe aren't sexy in basketball terms, but you know they're kind of um, building building something right now, and I think that's exactly what the Huskers needed. We're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska with us here on the Happy Hour, and, and and Steve, I guess one more kind of reverting back to that roster construction discussion, I, I, like one thing that Nebraska has been able to avoid, and although it's somewhat still early, I think I mean sixteen games into the season have been these long streaks of poor performances. I mean, you think back into recent years, and it's it's been filled with substantial losing streaks and and longer losing streaks and yes nebraska's i mean fallen to kansas state which that kansas state win or loss excuse me doesn't look so bad anymore i mean the wildcats are 14 and 1 and jumped from unranked to 11th in the ap poll this week but then you were able to bounce back and 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 you beat queens like you're supposed to and you have a strong performance against iowa then you fall to michigan state but then you bounce back and, and you're able to win one on the road at minnesota I think that speaks, like you said, to that roster construction to where they haven't been able, they have leaders, especially in a guy like Derek Walker and Sam Greasel, that where they're able to avoid these long and substantial stretches of of losses. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the big test. This is the big test right now um, because you got that win in Minnesota and how are you going to respond? Is it is it going to be like, um, again, you, you get a big win against Creighton earlier mm-hmm. in the season, right? But then you lose you lose to Indiana. Uh, you, uh, you beat Queens, sure, uh, and then you beat Iowa, uh, and then you go to Michigan State. Uh, Fred Horberg said he absolutely loved the pregame, the pregame um, atmosphere in East Lansing. He loved how his team warmed up, but then they lost seventy-four to fifty-six. Uh, so you know, you go to Minneapolis and, and you grind out a really good win over a bad team, but still a really good win on the road um, in, in the Big Ten, which doesn't happen that often and now you are faced with an opportunity against a pretty good Illinois team I know they're they, they come in um, with some conference losses under their belt but I think they still have some really good players um, and, and they're a tough team so 
So how are they going to react? How are, how are they going to continue to try to build some momentum? Because right now is, is where tonight is where it starts. There's no, there's no other night. I mean, today is a really, really big uh, opportunity for the Nebraska basketball team. If they could get, if they could get a win and PBA, I think is going to be packed. It's going to be loud. It's going to be an absolutely great environment because it always is yeah. inside PBA. Um, if they could find a way just to knock off Illinois, uh, you get a, you get a, you are uh, three and one in your last four, um, I believe, and then uh, you're on the road against a really good Purdue team again, um, a Purdue team that you only lost in overtime earlier uh, this season. So I, I just think that um, today is is going to be a really really important moment in in Fred Horberg's season and Nebraska's season here. Um, if they could just find a way to, to get one out of here, they could build and stack some wins, to use a football term, and uh, you know things are going to start. I think. Uh, picking up here this season because I I really like this team. Um, I know that they've they've shown some good things, some bad things, but I think um, the way that they're playing, the way the way that they're winning, um, trying to just play defense and care about defense and do the little things, I, I think it's uh, really kind of showing up, and I think uh, fans are really appreciating it. So. It all it all starts tonight. Tonight's a massive, massive game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you kind of mentioned to it and alluded to it. I mean, you you travel to West Lafayette on Friday, then it's it's Ohio State uh, at home next Wednesday, then on the road at Penn State, who is eleven and five this season, and then yeah. Northwestern, who's been decided to win games without Pete Nance, and you're kind of just oh, where does this leave Chris Collins, who seemed to be on the hot seat, but now is is couldn't be farther. It feels like so. It feels like a huge stretch of games here, and like you said, a big opportunity for the Huskers tonight. Before we let you go, have you ever seen something like Kansas State? They put up 116 points in regulation against Texas. They win 116-103, to and then they follow it up with a 97-point performance against Baylor, and they jump from unranked to ranked. They're four, or unranked to 11th in the country. They're 14-1. and one, Too far. And their only loss has been to Butler early on in the season. I mean, what was your thought when you saw that? I mean, I was a little bit surprised, sure. That was a, a really, really big, big jump. But, um, look, I mean, you know, we, we saw it firsthand when they, when they played Nebraska. Kansas State's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Keontae Johnson is really good. Um, they have some they have some ballers and they, and you know Jerome Tang his first year there a long time ba- Baylor assistant um, finally get his opportunity yeah. to be a head coach in the in the Big Twelve he's showing that um, you know good coaching matters and uh, obviously he he brought in Keontae Johnson as a transfer from Florida but um, I think it's it's showing that you know first year head coaches if you, if you're a good coach it's possible to do to do what Kansas State is doing and and I I, I don't know I'm having fun watching the Wildcats it's it's a talented crew, and I'm wondering how far they're going to take this thing. But boy, yeah, I mean, back-to-back wins over um, Texas and, and Baylor, both on the road, and, and scoring 116 points and then 97 in overtime. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's impressive stuff. I'm I'm going to be in- very very interested to see how how far Drum Tang takes this thing. Well, and people may forget that they uh, lost Nigel Pack to the transfer portal, who was their freshman last year that averaged over 17 points per game, and he was wow. he was lured away by John Ruiz at Miami, the big booster for the Hurricanes, um, with <laughs> yeah. a two-year $800,000 NIL deal. He was he was uh, brought to Miami, and Kansas State brings in Keontae Johnson, like you mentioned, and now uh, he's having his best season of his career after a really scary situation at Florida that we all obviously know about since uh, there was interest from Nebraska at one place or another. So, all right, Steve, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Uh, we will definitely talk to you next week, and uh, we will see you tonight at PBA. Absolutely. See you tonight, guys. 
That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Big opportunity for the Huskers tonight as they uh, host the Illinois fight in Illini. Uh, they they are without their five-star freshman, Sky Clark, who left the team a couple days ago due to personal reasons. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that was average. He's played in 13 games for the fight in Illini. Um, averaged a little over seven points, but Terrence Shannon is definitely the guy to look out for. That's the guy that um, Emmanuel Bandamel is excited to guard. Yes, one of the best that Nebraska will see all season long. But you know, Illinois has attempted about 900 shots. Jeez. 400 have been threes. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, it's going to be a big opportunity for 33% Nebraska. 33% from three. And, and that's where you like, so you look at this Illinois roster, as we have like one minute left yeah. in this segment here before we get to the, the crossover. You look at this Illinois roster or schedule, excuse me, and there's wins against top ten UCLA. There's wins against number two Texas, but the and number fourteen Wisconsin. But like I mentioned, losses against Missouri, Northwestern. Missouri's good. Missouri is good. First year head coach Dennis Gates as well. Yeah, yeah. Penn State, which we just talked Penn about, State is, is good. Also good. Maryland, Virginia. Like there's there's some questionable games where they should have potentially competed better like you take down two top teams two top 10 teams yes you shouldn't lose to not top 25 teams a dominating win over syracuse 73 to 44 nobody talks about syracuse anymore syracuse is is bad are they really is it really bad it honestly this might be sacrilege of me to say as i am a fan of syracuse basketball okay i think it might be time for jim Beheim to take a step down oh no so we're I'm, i want to look up men's basketball just the record real quick they're not they're not good this is this like is they might have a winning record, schedule. but they're not good. They are ten and six. They are not good. They have they lost to Colgate. Yep, I watched that game. Year. It was very hard to watch. They lost to Colgate. Lost to Illinois, seventy three to forty four as well. That two so that's zone interesting. Is uh, a relic of the yeah. past. Yeah, I think yeah, that's interesting to see. All right, when we come back, we will uh, preview more Illinois Nebraska. Also get. Austin's thoughts on the national title game last night. All that and more as we round out Tuesday's show on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7, the ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long, wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7, the ticket and the ticket FM.com.